Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin Podcast. My name is Matt Brusky and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action and welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We have our full panel this week, which includes Jorna Taylor looking crossways at me today here. Uh, Jorna Taylor is a nonprofit consultant here in Wisconsin. Jorna, welcome. Well, good morning. You sure are perky this morning, Matt. The sun's out. It's, it's uh, still cold. 35 degrees. No, it's it's a nice day. Mid-wary in Wisconsin. Well, Jorna, and I'm, today marks uh, week four uh, removed from cracked ribs. They're still sore, but so every day is a little bit uh, better for it's me. It's a win, Matt. It is a win. We're doing a lot of winning, and we'll get to more winning later in the podcast. But first, let's finish introducing our panel. Let's not forget about Robert Craig, the executive director here at Citizen Action. He's with us today, Robert. Good morning. So we need to talk about what has happened on the Republican side, uh, what has happened to the party. And I am talking specifically about Donald Trump, basically, essentially wrapping up winning the Republican nomination, short of some unexplained effort uh, at the convention. It looks like Donald Trump is going to be the Republican presidential nominee. And so I want us to talk about that today. I want us to talk about a little bit what that means for the party, uh, specifically folks in the never Trump section. And are, are we going to see uh, a real split within the party and people standing up to Trump or will everyone just march behind him? I also want to talk specifically about Wisconsin in the race uh, with Trump in, if there's any thoughts about what this means here in Wisconsin in terms of uh, this fall and particularly also connections to Ron Johnson and the Senate race uh, and any implications. So we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about Trump. Jorna, I want to start with you. Let's get your initial thoughts uh, after you recovered from uh, the uh, Indiana victory for Trump steamroll him and Bobby Knight. I think they. I think that they declared Trump the winner about thirty seconds after the polls closed. It's something like that. Yes. Something like that. Um, I, I think my favorite tweet that just declares the demonstrates the excitement from the establishment Republicans over the Trump nomination, um, presumed nomination, is from Rince Priebus, none other than Wisconsin native, and ED of the Republican National Party. Um, and he says, at five minutes after declaration of victory, at real Donald Trump will be presumptive GOP nominee. We all need to unite and focus on defeating Hillary Clinton. Hashtag never Clinton. And I kind of imagine him reading it in that voice like, dear God, please kill me. This is what I have to deal with for the next six months. Now, should you also wish to have some fun reading the responses to that tweet from people? I mean, it's totally worth your time. It's, it's worth that, like, afternoon I don't want to work. It's a little like the United States in World War II. We want to <laughs> welcome our new friend, Joseph Stalin. <laughs> and the bastion of freedom peace that he leads. Okay, 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 all right, all right. So you go there right away, all right? And, and, and I think that's appropriate, okay? Uh, everyone, I think I've talked often on this um podcast that I'm a big fan of the Slate Trump podcast, which I think is appropriately trying to bring this sense of like he's Stalin, right? Like there is a real serious um, autocratic brown shirt <laughs> uh, tendency within Trump that is incredibly dangerous, right? And, and which makes this race, even though it seems, and we'll talk more about this, like he should get crushed, something that is incredibly scary and dangerous. And, and, and I want to talk obviously more about that, Robert, because, you know, if he's really Stalin, 
how can these people actually really support him, right? And 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 I do want to talk more about that. Who are the Republicans that are going to step up and actually say, I am not going to support this guy? Um, I'm not even saying they have to say they're with Hillary. I think they ought to, but, you know, that they refuse to support him. So when, by the way, let's do our messenger moment now. Yeah. Um, you have to... With metaphors, you're only talking about one point of comparison, so I don't want anyone drawing out my Stalin World War II <laughs> metaphor and figuring out who Hitler is if you draw the metaphor too far. So that's an example of how you need to limit the impact of a metaphor if possible. Duly stated. Well, I, Matt, you, you bring up a good point. That So who are these Republican leaders who have said how scary Donald Trump is and how wrong for America he is and how he's actually not going to make America great again. And in fact, he might put America into the toilet. Look, Rince, you mentioned Rince Priebus, right? Yeah. Wisconsin. We all lived through what happened in March leading up to April in the election and all that was said against him. Like, just open up your Journal Sentinel or your local paper from a month ago, and now they're going to embrace what before well, quite let, sounded let's like. Let's make a distinction between their <laughs> rhetoric that they care about right. the future of the country. <laughs> uh, right? Come on. And then, you know, what their real concern is, right? So they're concerned, Destroying obviously, <laughs> that he doesn't speak in the, in the uh, stipulated code, and therefore he's going to destroy Latino support for the party long term. They're not concerned about any, using any backlash and, and bias and prejudice against Latinos. That's fine as long as it's coded. So, and as long as you can find a way to do it so that you oh, maybe can, get, can try to get four, you know, 30% of the Latino vote rather than 10% of the Latino <laughs> vote. I just want to stipulate, Robert, yeah. I believe you're talking about a different kind, a Republican that I agree will march with Trump. I'm talking about their There leaders. are their legitimate leaders. Republican leaders who I do not believe are racist, I'm who I do going, not believe no, no, hate they immigrants use, at this level. They, they use, use that race, language. It's strategic but racism. now's the time so for them to step up. I'm talking about why the rents prebuses of the world. I'm not talking this, about the voters. So one, he's going to destroy any access to Latinos in this and future elections so he won't speak in the code. They're fine with using prejudice in code. That's more deniable. That's number one. Number two, he actually is damaging their uh, their economic policy, which is, let's be clear, it's a kleptocracy. It's about making deals with 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 multinational corporations and big CEOs, getting money from them to be elected, and then doing their bidding, rigging the system against average people. Uh, Trump is will not be some great Bernie Sanders progressive on this or a Hillary Clinton progressive on this, uh, but he is an iconoclast and he wants to take on certain things like uh, like trade policy, monetary policy, etc., and make better deals. That scares them because the deals that they've agreed to to get funding and dark money to win elections are already done, and, and the Donald renegotiating them would be very scary for their whole political apparatus. Well, and if these Republican leaders are going to come out and say that they're not going to be with the Donald, which I, I really don't think at the end of the day is going to happen. But who who are they going to say that they're going to support? Because they're not going to say that they will support Hillary Clinton. Oh, they so, have no other choice. Right. I'm, not, I'm telling you why right. they're why it's so grudging, why it sounds like our new ally, Joseph Stalin, is welcome to the, you know, the allies, right? That's the why it sounds that way. The presumptive nominee. Right. Look, I, I know that's part of the problem, right? We're going to continue and... Our side's going to continue to talk about Stalin and Hitler, and but yet it's not. No one's really serious about that, it's right? Because because you because it's more because if we were, we wouldn't be supporting them over party, right? And I actually think no. There there needs to be pressure for 
for I think it's unfortunately a smaller group than we'd like than they'd like to believe, but that there need to be Republicans who come out and actively say that they will not support Trump. I think the Lindsey Grahams of the world, the John McCain's of the world, like I'm not talking about some of the ones you talked about, Robert, which I do still think is a majority of the party. But I think this is the part where the fissure has to occur. If there's going to be real like concern about what a democracy is as opposed to an authoritarian country, right? And caring about some of these principles. I, I hope to God there's a few on the other side who actually do but, care about this and, and, and stop pretending it's a, other it's a than, other than joke. Other than the uncoded racism and the undercutting the deals that they have made to the investors in the conservative movement and their and the Republican Party, right? Is it really about a more a too robust a foreign policy? They had no problem with candidates that want to light the desert on fire, if you know what I mean. So I just don't I don't see any principled stand here on foreign policy where uh, in fact they're worried that Trump actually might not use force as much, that he said things like the Iraq war was a mistake, right? That he actually has some sense maybe that force is not the answer to every problem, which is current Republican dogma. Well, so let's take this from this sort of leadership level back to a real voter level. Um, we all know that I ride horses and that a lot of those people that I ride horses with are Republicans. And a woman at my barn walked up to me the other day and she she shook my hand. She said, I want to shake your hand. And I was like, what? She said, congratulations. I know you work in politics. Congratulations on Hillary Clinton winning the presidency. And she's a Republican. And, and I kind of looked at her. She said, we're stuck with Donald Trump and that's not okay. And he's a horrible person and blah, blah, blah. And and I, and I thought about this interaction, but, and I was like, okay, great. So she's, she's conceding that Hillary Clinton is going, you know, to be our next president. And this is a Republican, but she's still going to vote for Donald Trump. I know she is. So how do we break through that? How do we get to those people? And I don't know what the answer is. They're so lockstep into, you know, I guess as much well, lockstep that I am as a Democrat. That's why all the polling is junk right now, because these partisan divides, partisanship is the most important indicator of voting. And so uh, the polling that shows him 10 points down Wisconsin, forget about it, in my opinion. Once the partisan divide breaks out and you have a Democratic nominee to focus on, probably Hillary, uh, then, 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 it, then you have far, far fewer voters in play. But a, small, a fairly small percentage of voters, 5% of likely Republican voters with a, with a mainline Republican nominee switching, becomes a landslide for the Democrats. And so the problem is going to be that in the upper Midwest, Donald may bring more of these states into play because he has a populist, it's a xenophobic, but a populist response to outsourcing, to trade, et cetera, uh, that Democratic nominee is going to have more trouble matching. But on the other hand, he brings other states into play with large Latino populations that might not have been in play. So the map might look different, actually, but Wisconsin might be a lot closer state than if Cruz is the nominee. Wow. Well, it sounds like Robert's a little less optimistic than I am that Trump f represents something slightly fundamentally different than 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 uh, than the usual Republican when it relates to this stuff. And I'm not talking po you're very you're very policy oriented, which I can't I can't disagree about sort of the if you're going to clinically look and actually believe Donald's policy, which I think we have to. Uh, I think you're accurate. Your analysis is right. I just think there's um, fundamentally something 
different uh, and, and you brought it up you compared them to Stalin immediately and like to me that's what's not a, it's not really just about policy right I mean it's the wall is certainly <laughs> and and uh, patrolling communities certainly uh, is a manifestation of that but I just see that as very different than and and ought than what a lot of Republicans who even some of the Republicans that I want to say that I know that I don't feel like are running around looking for the dog whistle. I think it's time for them to step up, right? I, I think this is um this is a historic moment in our country. And I because I do think he represents something fundamentally different. And I do think people will look back and sort of look at where did you come down on this, right? Um and I and and I so I, I, I may be overly dramatic. I know my friends on the left think, oh, there's no difference, right? You know, they all, they're all the same. I think there's something fundamentally different here that's disturbing, and, and I just want to well, call do, out. Do, do you think it's the crassness, Matt? Because that's what the media uh, cycle is all about, the crassness, the talking about private parts, the childish insults, right? I think it's a part of it. I think it shows a complete lack of respect for, 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 for basically other people especially people who maybe you don't see the same as yourself right like and in the fact that he belittles everybody i and i think it reflects in the policy i mentioned the two ones that i find the most disturbing right the wall and the Mexico's idea that we paying. would patrol countries just a whole, it's a how about, I, I, how I don't about need to go through the laundry list of, right now of 18 million people yeah i just so like that i see is fundamentally That's different we get to stalin right? Level, right yeah yeah and so like i'm hoping that these differences don't get washed over, brushed over. Um, and I do think it's important that we get out there and, you know, while we can't go and polarize people and tell them they're racist and, you know, they're supporting Stalin, we need to find a way to connect with them on our shared concern around where the economy is going that I think Trump has legitimately raised, but try to bring them away from sort of this divisive, you know, the other and understanding that like we need to we need to fundamentally, as Robert likes to say, re-rig the economy in favor of our communities and in favor of working people in this country, right? And not just have it balanced to CEOs. And I think that's the kind of conversation that may hopefully pull good-minded folks who aren't racist away. I don't, you know, I, I don't have the answers. I but. don't disagree. And I also, when I think about Donald Trump, I think about candidates like Jesse Ventura and Arnold Schwarz Schwarzenegger Arnold. Yeah. I think about these sort of fandom characters that have been elected in places where, I mean, Minnesota should have known better. Uh, California should have known better. But so I think of maybe there is a way to disconnect this, the apprentice Donald from the real Donald Trump, the real, real Donald Trump. And, I, you know, I don't know. It's going to be tough because people's attention span is not that long when it comes to politics. Well, two quick things uh, on, on race. Everyone is racist. It's a continuum because everyone holds racial stereotypes. And now the question is once they spark up in your brain what you do with them, right? And a lot of people, the people Matt's talking about don't see themselves as racist, don't want to be seen as racist, don't feel racist, but hold a number of racist ideas such as people on welfare are African Americans who don't work, right? Which is a racist, which is racist. O'Donnell flat out attacks people, right? So it's a totally, it's a different level it's the uncoded part but so there's that then there is the here's the problem there is a siren song here people know the side the sirens would bring sailors lure to the rocks to lure the rocks. them to the rocks right there's a siren song a certain a number of democratic uh 
consultant uh, type, class types, are going to say, we can get all these Republican voters, so we're going to move Hillary to Republican light position. We already have the base nailed down. That would be a huge, huge, to use Bernie terms, huge mistake. Huge, Robert. Huge, huge. mistake. And so I know that Hillary, if she's the nominee, which she likely will be, is an extremely bright and capable person. She's saying no to all those people. And they will say it. This will be whispered oh, into her absolutely. ear. absolutely. It already has been. You know that. And I, and I agree, Robert. It, that would be a huge tactical error on her part. And I think it would be a tactical error on Democrats in Wisconsin who are down ballot from the presidential as well. At some point, I mean, particularly down ballot in state Senate and state assembly races, uh, we have to stand for something and we, we can't get much lower. Let's be honest. <laughs> Well, look, and I think that there's where there's an opportunity to do some of what I was talking about. I, I think we need to call out and, and make people accountable for this moment in time, right? And 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 actually bring some sort of moral <laughs> reality to the situation as opposed to just kind of, ah, they're Republicans, they got to go for them, you know. We're Democrats, we got to, right, like some sort of, we all just sort of take up teams as opposed to understanding that, you know, this is this seems very different and we ought to be able, capable of responding. And as Robert mentioned, right, it doesn't take a lot. We, we need like five, 10% to really stand up, you know, speak very clearly uh, in opposition, and, and, and that will mean a lot. And I think the target needs to be people with a lot of economic anxiety, which is a lot of people, and to channel, to, they're channeling the anxiety the wrong way. They're blaming the wrong people. And if we can get them to have hope for the kind of economy we can build for them and their children, then we, those are the votes we want to get. And then we thought that is a more long-term value because it's not just about one election. Those become voters who support the creation of a whole new American economy. And so let's let's actually think a couple steps ahead for a change. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> slow, slow your roll, Robert. Can we just think till November? Would that be cool? As opposed to getting some... August, Republican maybe. women who are ideologically Republican who will always vote against us in every future election other than for uh, the Trump race. Jorna. No, go ahead. Here's something that, like, that I think could be helpful. Reed Ribble. I've mentioned him a couple of times, right? He's already spoken out against Trump. Having Reed Ribble over the next six months talk, you know, he doesn't have to be out on a campaign trail, right? He's not running again. But occasionally come out and speak very clearly against Trump would be very important in an area where there is a huge grouping of swing independent voters, right, who who are going to be trying to make up their mind, right? And he has a very important role to play in a swing district that could uh, play a, uh, an important role in history in terms of what happens this fall, both in a presidential election, but also in a critical congressional race, right, where Everything, quote, in traditional world would be he should just support the Republican, right? He may do that in the congressional race, but will he continue to speak out against Trump? Speaking of statewide races where folks are going to support the Republican, the good senator from Wisconsin, Ron Johnson. Uh, yes, he has announced He that. announced this week, and, and he, and I quote, I am going to certainly endorse the Republican nominee, and obviously it looks like that will be Mr. Trump, Johnson said. Excellent. So, yes. So he's on a tour. He may be coming to a city near you. Yes. Uh, we published a little map that our organizing director, Kevin Kane, uh, came up with, which has all the lost manufacturing jobs each stop, given that he announced <laughs> it in his plastics factory that he used to run with all, with all the engines running to make him look all manufacturing-y. And then uh, he's been running around talking about what manufacturers want. And apparently it's 
it's all, you know, the government that's causing causing this. And if we just get the government out of the way, then we're going to have a great manufacturing boom. It's not things like the global, the, the uh, completely stacked global trade agreements that are cause, causing Wisconsin communities to lose to lose to as much as a third of their manufacturing jobs. So wait, what manufacturers want in Walker's Wisconsin is to go to another state. Got it. Right. So uh, he claims he understands job creation. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But he's also now. This will tell you where it's going to be interesting with Trump as the nominee. Johnson is remaining neutral on the Trans-Pacific Partnership and is studying it. And his minions are attacking Feingold for having being opposed to it without having read the whole thing, which of course you're not allowed to do unless you sit in a secret room without any notepads or anything, as people may recall. So, but anyway, so we know he believes in these trade agreements. He voted for fast track for TPP. We know that people around him can read polls. They go, Ron, you can't be for this. And so all of a sudden, so he loses all credibility altogether with this position. And like not having a position now is just stupid. It's not like TPP was introduced yesterday. What are you going to do with Trump? Trump's against it. He's not hit top of the ticket. going to be blasting it. He is going well, to okay, support that goes, the nominee. That goes back to you know how you started this off, right? That instantly becomes one of the top issues against this guy, right? I mean, he's going to align himself with Trump, and you know, I, I, I want to. I'm going to put a link on our website here for the podcast to a excellent ad that's running. I think in Arkansas. I can't remember the race uh, where there's an immediate effort to link the the Senate candidate to Trump. And and I think it's brilliant. And I think more of that needs to occur. And of course, outsourcing is the other great issue, right, where there is a split really in what Ron Johnson has historically stood for and what Donald Trump is positioning. Um, it's interesting, Robert, you mentioned this tour he's on. Um, the he, he stopped in Superior. He he didn't even mention workers. He just talked about how he was going to listen to the manufacturers. He was going to cut taxes, essentially. He was going to make sure that uh, environmental regulation, you know, I'm sure the clean power plan wouldn't dare get in the way of, of any of these manufacturers. He couldn't even get to mention oh, he's workers. for the environment, but there has to be balance, he says. Unbelievable. But, um, and then he says man, bizarrely garbled language that manufacturers are concerned about economic inequality. Now, you know, I like good manufacturers. I think that 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 it, that it, that that they're important. What they what they what they build with their workers, but I actually don't think it's a driving force of manufacturers to be concerned about economic inequality. Given that, and we'll publish data soon. Given that the wages for the manufacturing jobs that re- have remained in Wisconsin have and are continuing to plummet, and that's because they're being played off of, of workers in other states and other countries. So this week uh, there was more WEDEC news related to outsourcing. No shocker. Um, look, there. Well, this is just what a month ago they where, said where they couldn't begin? accurately count the jobs. Um, so their abacus doesn't go it, that high on job loss. It's all all very surreal. But we found out some some new news in terms of. Um, well, a couple of things, actually. They have a new board member who also happens to be from a company that outsourced jobs, Robert. And took money. Yeah. To, uh, Plexus, uh, one, of the, one of the companies that took our money to create jobs and outsourced them instead. We have another scandal around Granger that 
created no jobs for the money. Uh, their CEO gave lots of money to Scott Walker, lots of money to his campaign. This is so this is connecting the dots, right? And then they outsourced jobs to Panama. So they produced not just zero, but a net loss. And we paid them for it. And we've not recollected any of the money. And Walker can't explain why. We got a, a classic blah, blah statement in Eau Claire when there was, a there was a flagrant act of journalism asking him about this. Oh, there are other people who are you know, looking at that, you know, ah. Uh -uh. God, Scott Walker is doing a bang up job in his job loss plan. It's amazing. If only we had trained, skilled workers that wanted jobs and we didn't just have these lazy people who don't want to do anything and just want to get paid more money for doing nothing. And the way to do that is to gut the uh, primary, secondary, and higher education systems in Wisconsin, by the way. Well, and thank God we started <laughs> drug testing this week, I was too. I going to say, Jorna, I'm glad you could mention this week that officially happened. It's official. Uh, Walker has made that happen, so, so we should be being sued, I assume, Tell the, tell the viewers who's getting drug tested again, the listeners. Oh, Jonah. the the people that are getting drug tested are the folks that receive public benefits um, support from the state, which is ridiculous. So as I was getting ready this morning and uh, thinking about this, you know— I, it was a public benefit to me this morning driving on the government paved road to this office to record the podcast. It is a public benefit to me that the water that I drank to make my coffee this morning was clean and, and well, I think lead free. I'm not totally convinced on that. So I think that since we all receive public benefits, we should all go down, those of us that can, uh, and request to be drug tested as well. I'm looking forward to the CEOs whose companies have outsourced and then taken money from WEDEC. They're, the drug test should be yes. coming soon. Their boards of directors. And, Absolutely. you know, we have other companies uh, that, have, that have, like Caterpillar that is, cut, that is now cutting jobs in Milwaukee, Badger Meter, which is outsourced massively and had a whole business park and water technology park built for it and a few of its friends in Milwaukee. I assume they're, I assume they're all going to get drug tested. Rick Mewson, the CEO who where Right to Work was signed, is going to be drug tested soon because of all the public money he's slurped up you get a drug test and you get a drug test and you get a drug test it's gonna be well, awesome um robert mentioned rick Mewson, um badger meter want to mention them this week uh they're in the news again just so folks who remember badger meter they're great fans of governor walker um said they've outsourced tons of jobs to Mexico and are very public and supportive of it. Right um, to work was signed there and they took all the union workers and made them leave the building during the signing ceremony. And if folks remember, it was Badger Meter that promised hundreds of jobs if right to work passed. Well, that hasn't happened as of yet, but what does appear to happen is Badger Meter is up for sale. So they're going to be cashing in. So congratulations. Um, good good job, Governor Walker. Um, I also want to shout out to, um, to Greg Newman for his continued and dogged coverage of WEDEC. A lot of these stories don't come out with, without Greg, and we'll have a link to um, Governor Walker attempting to respond to one of uh, the reporters about why they haven't clawed back the money in spite of him saying and that that's Greg what they would do. Greg is the Capitol Bureau Chief for Channel 27 ABC in Madison, who's been, and also the Wisconsin <clears throat> Center for Investigative Journalism is now on to the WEDEC and outsourcing. They've done previous stories, but they have another series that's just begun on this as well. So, uh, Jorna, you know, all this talk of Trump, Yeah. our good friend Paul Ryan sort of seems to have been pushed Who? off to the... Paul Ryan? Are you, do you, 
gosh. Yeah, we did a we used to do a segment called Paul Ryan Watch mm. every week. I know you've forgotten about him because Donald Trump has pretty much taken over the party. I, I vaguely remember this guy. I, I think, think a week ago he was oh. out talking to students saying you should really give the Republican Party another try. Just wait, it's gonna be that way better guy. next week. The guy that is kind of like that Megan Trainer song <laughs> where he just repeats the word no, my name is no. I'm there not gonna go. run for president. So no. what's been going on with Paul Ryan this week since nobody's really talking about him except for us? Well, poor Paul Ryan. He's uh he seems a little sad because he's at, he's basically working his way right out of a job because he's not a thing anymore. What happened? Um Oh, Donald Trump, I'm sorry. I forgot. I mean, his orangeness. <laughs> his orangeness. His orangeness who is now the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party. Rince Priebus. <laughs> well, don't, don't you think all of Bernie's millennial supporters will be looking oh to God. the other side? And, you know, Paul is awful cool. He works out every morning, He's you know. super cool. He's down. <laughs> so uh, hopefully maybe there'll be more in Paul Ryan when he actually gets back into the game next week. So we'll be back with Paul Ryan Watch next week. But with that, uh, Jorna, what are you doing this weekend? I'm actually going to go to lovely scenic Door County, Wisconsin in nice. the targeted 8th Congressional District it this targeted. weekend to go and see my mother for Mother's Day. Oh, that's great. It is Mother's Day this weekend. So, Robert, are you going down to Chicago? I'm not planning to do it this weekend currently. Uh, Delano, my nephew, will be volunteering at Citizen Action on Friday. Other than that, I you know I haven't had the bandwidth to make any plans, so I apologize. I'm I'm an F student when it comes to that weekend furlough. This is you don't need to apologize to me. It's it's Mother's Day. You you should not apologize to me. And we know she listens, so you might like, as well just do no, it right now. My mother now. doesn't like Mother's Day, so it would be offensive for her to to do anything around it. Just so you know, that's revealing. It helps us understand a lot more about Robert here on the weekend. Flowers furloughs. are also offensive. Just so you know. Yes, yes. Well, I'm, my mom's actually on her way back from Florida. I saw her at a Waffle House this morning on Facebook, so we know she is uh, eating well. South of the well. Mason-Dixon yeah, line. Yeah, she hasn't quite hit Illinois yet, apparently. So um, probably going to be seeing her eventually here uh, shortly. Hopefully on Mother's Day she'll be coming through Milwaukee. We're going to do something with uh, Bonnie this weekend. Very excited. Uh, I will be in Henry, Illinois on Saturday. Uh, our race last week rained out, and it looks like it might rain out again this Saturday. The weather conspires against us. But I'm from Illinois. I've never even heard of Henry, Illinois. Where would that be located? It's in, it's in Marshall, Putnam County. It's actually um, it's in central, north-central Illinois. It's about three hours south of Milwaukee. I'd say about an hour and a half, hour and a half south of Beloit. Um, and it's really a horse racing track, Jorna. Uh, I know you're not into the racing of the horses. I'm not. It's a limestone uh, track that essentially uh, they run horses on Watch most of the time. Watch out for the steaming piles. Yes. Well, they they fortunately remove those before we get there. Uh, so with that, we're going to wrap up this uh, this uh, Battleground Wisconsin podcast. We want to thank Brian Woolrich, who makes it happen every weekend. Thank you, Brian. And we'll see you next week. Battleground Wisconsin.